I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. We've got the team back together. Uh, I suppose it's almost like the Avengers, but only three of us. Um, first of all, Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Mm, okay. Yeah, good evening, Tom. You right? Mm, okay. <laughs> what, was, what was that? What sort of strange, strange introduction? Why is that? Okay. Why is it strange? He's not an Avengers fan, clearly. Yeah, he obviously doesn't like Marvel, does he? No, I, like um, I like Avengers. Well, that's look. It was going to lead into the more like, more like Stadler and Waldorf and the, you know, count or something. But you know, that's that's, but another, anyway, that's another old reference to me and Brad are not going to get, is it? Um, <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on, we'll introduce the third part of the of the team that we won't mention, um, which is Brad. Brad, hello. Good evening, gents. Good to Basically, where I was going with that is that, if, like the Avengers of of golf, in the fact that you put up the winner last week, Jason, with the uh, with Eric Van Royen at eighty oh. to one in Mexico, and it was a mailed in pick. You didn't even actually get over here to to give your reasons. So I kind of hashed your uh, your explanation, which basically I just said he's playing well, so that's why Jason's picked him, and uh, that that was the result, wasn't it? There we are. We don't need to know anymore, do you? you, you oh, you, you needed. <laughs> There were explanations which you could have read if you wanted to in the article. Exactly um, but you know, there we are. He, he did it, and there we are. We, you know, there we are. Thank you very much. Brad had him as well, and uh, we move on, don't we? To next we week. Do. It's, um, Can't it's go backwards, happened. could we? Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Let me tell you. No, don't. Years, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't want to go backwards, do we? But no, it's. Um... <laughs> Apparently, it was a, a an epic final round yesterday. Judging by the scoring, it was obviously quite impressive. I didn't actually catch any of it. Um, by the time Sam Ryder like sneaked into like tenth place or something, I was quite bored of following my golfers. Um, but Brad, I don't know how much of it you watched, but like, did yeah. did well, Van, I mean, Van Ryan twenty eight on the back nine? Was it? Yeah, twenty eight on the back nine, finished with an eagle. I think it was six birdies. It was just insane. Like I, was, I didn't really give him much of a chance going down the back nine. I sort of was hoping he would sort of hang on for a place even, and then he just caught fire, started holding everything. Um, and yeah, that shot down the last was just brilliant. He was he didn't hit his tee shot that well. Didn't think he could get on the green for two, and yeah, it's just it's just hit a great shot, bounced onto the green, hold the eagle putt, and yeah, I couldn't believe it. And obviously the interview afterwards was very moving, very touching. Uh, his best friend John Trasma of uh, terminal cancer, and that was uh, honestly I was I was in tears. To tell you the truth, that was uh, yeah really moving, and uh, yeah I'm really delighted for him. And he, it was a, an epic, as you said epic final round wicked victory yeah for some reason like yesterday i this is how little attention i was paying at the time like i thought it went to a playoff and it, it didn't but like vajegas and kucha were there for for most part and i know vajegas birdied the last two holes as well jay mm-hmm. could have been some some great storylines in that final round with, with vajegas and van roy yeah, I didn't think i trusted any of them that were there to be honest so once once champ i mean i i managed to get 61 first 10 as you alluded to last week yeah um but once he looked like he was just being pedestrian i knew i didn't really fancy Eric van Yoon to do it and i didn't fancy any of the other two so i i expected somebody to come from way off the pace and do something silly but i oh you know they didn't 
No. Favourites in the field, Cameron Young and, and uh, Ludwig Aberg, ninth and 10th. So all the kind of players that you sort of suspected yeah. would play well did play well. They just didn't do enough. And, and there was trusty veterans like Kutra and Vajegas going challenging there at Van Royen. So all in all, quite an exciting event. Good final round. Um, and now we're going to two. I mean, look, you've got sort of, I guess, start parallels. I think like um, Nedbank, I think, is one of the better DP World Tour events and one that's really exciting to watch. Nice, nice host event. But mm-hmm. you then got Bermuda, where we're down to, I think, 11 alternates already. Um, yeah. Which is slightly they? they are, yeah. I think. I think we're in we're in Kevin Stadler Bo Van Pelt range, aren't we? Which means that I love it, though. It is, it's yeah, just look, it, it adds character to a tournament. I just it just doesn't go very well for people that sort of. No, say it's out. a terrible it's, system, but it's it's to the point where you just it's it's laughable. Like, I don't know how these guys are still getting starts over just let's say upcoming Corn Ferry Tour players, you know, who didn't make it, or you know, just there's some something like that, or the the maybe even the the fifth player in the Monday qualifier who who missed out, something like yeah. that. It's very, it's very, very strange, isn't it? This this yeah. whole series and everything. Uh, it, it's they it, can't sit there for hours and hours working this shit out, can they? It's just bizarre. I mean, I'm glad it's going obviously January to whatever next year, which is the first sensible thing we've done in years. Hmm. But it is just so bizarre that the, the as you say, it's like you look at some of this and think, why are they turning up? And you, as you rightly say, you know, why are some of these getting cards and he got um, again. I'm knocking him. He got block entering various mm. tournaments. He shouldn't. And it's just weird. It's just very, very strange. Anyway, what what, what makes it better is that these that comment I made about how far down we were to sponsor exemptions actually got worse since I last looked. So uh, Van Royen is now out, and that was a few hours ago. But Robert Garrigas got him for that one. Um, Mackenzie Hughes is out, I think. Yeah. Now. So Chester oh, is he? drew and Dave turns in, and then as as you were saying, Jace, as we were talking in our messages about maybe Hughes being one of those in, he's now out, and Omar Aresti is in. Um, yeah. So Omar yes. Aresti, I just don't know how he does it. <laughs> well, he he did me that favour of when we had that random little Mr. Cup bet. That was nice. Um, so he's, he's someone worth having oh, for that. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I suppose we could we could dip into that market again if that's available. But I don't think ever since we uh, we won on that, we haven't seen it again, really. Have we? No, it's, it's not. It's not. Well, you've, you've got only the top players. That the top players. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's no good, is it? So I think the, the worst player you can bet to miss the cut this week is David Lipsky. Um, um, so. No, no good. He's yeah, so, the type who would show up here, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not as tempting, is it? No. It's a very, yeah, I mean, I, I know you both have looked at it and I've spent a little bit of time looking at it, but it's really just very unappealing, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I mean, after those final, I mean, I, I knew Van Royen was going to be out. I was waiting for the official call, but like Robert Garrigas in and then Omar Uresti in is just, it's too much, isn't it? So anyway, let, let's talk about the Ned Bank and then we'll talk about the Bermuda Pits in a kind yeah. of small yeah. uh, section, I think. But the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, um, big event, South Africa. I think they actually call it Africa's Major, don't they? Um, the course itself obviously hosts multiple uh, events, Brad, but the one we're kind of focusing on is, is how well they've played in the Ned Bank Golf Challenge because how different is the setup in this event as opposed to the, the Sunshine Tour events they play here as well? Well, I don't know if there is a lot of difference, yeah. to be honest. I'm not, I, I can't 
I can't tell you, I've probably watched uh, a couple of events on Supersport in the past, but it doesn't, I can't ever see um, too much of a difference in the way they set it up. There probably is, but I haven't haven't noticed it myself. I guess um, I guess the main difference would be the field strength more than oh, anything. Oh, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, the field strength, yeah. 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 Like, because when you look at kind of tour tips and the course form, you, you do want to be aware of that, that there's there's some, you know, Henny Duplessis and Louis Diego have got some great form here, and then you look and it's... Oh, yeah, Hockey Striden as well, yeah. yeah. A few. They've played in the Sun City Challenge or something. It's a, it's a slightly different event to what we've got this week. But... Um, Just a little, Yeah. <laughs> Jace, any any kind of alarming thoughts or big thoughts on the on the course here, and something that kind of shapes your picks, or are you just looking for kind of informed players at the, the top of the market? No, Tom, there was a degree of thought about these picks this week. Thank you very much for asking. Good. Um, obviously, before t- before 2016, it was a 30 man field. So if you're going to look at, I mean, I tend to not go back through four or five years because golf's such a such an evolving sport, and the game is completely different to how it was back then but if you are going to look at back form then then it, you really got to be very very careful um it got got made in 72 manfield uh when alex norren won on debut but he is the only man in the last four runnings it four one to five runnings who's mm. actually won on debut um and but for me anyway i mean i thought it was it was pretty sort of systematical if that's such a word um Every one of the last few winners has uh, had a top six in his last six starts. Um, every single one, apart from Noren, the one on debut, um, has had a top 10 here um, and has ended up with multiple starts here. And, and I went from there. I went from, um, it was quite narrow, uh, but I went for anybody with a top six in the last six, narrowed that down to anybody with a top 10 on a course. You end up with 10 players and uh, you go from there. Mm-hmm. And that was me a lot. I think par five scoring is always crucial, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Um, it's just intimidating off the tee. I think if you're long and long and straight, that's a massive advantage. So I think straights, straights gained off the tee, par five scoring, South Africa form is worth looking at, and obviously altitude form as well, because played at high altitude, so like Kenya, Grands, I think anything like that, it's worth looking at a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I oh, think... Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's as you get deeper in, yeah. But I mean, mm. I ended up with only ten to look at, and then I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you, Brad. Sorry, yeah, you're, you're Kenyans and you're whatever. Um, mm. It's so linksy, isn't it? I mean, if you look at the winners, uh, it screams yeah. links. It screams um, desert, Fleetwood, Westwood, Brandon Grace, Alex Norris. Yeah, Qatar um, even as well. It links, I think. Yeah, Qatar. Yeah, well. You've got three. You've got um, Fleetwood. Obviously, finished second and fourth at the Open. Uh, Grace finished sixth at the Open. Uh, go back 2015, which I don't count, but Leishman was second in the Open, as you know, uh, Tom. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, for me, it screams links, and I agree with you from there. You look at that, look at that. And uh, I didn't have a lot left, to be honest, after that. Yeah, look, I think it's it's fairly. I mean, you look at the top of the market, you've got Tommy Fleetwood, eight to one, Max Homer, nine to one. Um, and then it's Justin Thomas, 14 to one, Ryan Fox, 18 to one, Justin Rose, 20 to one. That's the kind of. I don't know if we're chucking in Moronk and Ryan, people like that, but that's about the elite level of golfers, the top five there in a the market. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Fleetwood pick up a, what would be, third win. Uh, no, got, yeah, you'd go 19, 22, and then, yeah, because they cancelled it, didn't they, the two years? So yeah, he'd be, he'd be three in a row if he'd done that. Mm. Um, he's already matched Westwood going two in a row, and then you'd go in for the third time, which Westwood's done as well. So, 
Um, look, we've had we've had repeat winners here. Jim Furyk won it back to back. Only Earls won it three times back in the day. I um, when it's a slightly different event, as Jason points out earlier, it was a, you know a much smaller field. But it, yeah, you do get the, the same candidates here every single year. So I do think course form is highly important. Um, Jace, who's the shortest price player that you're going for this week? Uh, Ryan Fox. Yeah. Um, who I think, um, I think we always say when he plays well, we always say he looks impressive, and yet his stats come out, and they're they're always you know <laughs> so so, aren't they? They're never they're never staggering, mm-hmm. are they? Not at the moment, anyway. Um, but I think I think he he obviously made my final ten. Um, current form is really strong. Third at the K Club, uh, really impressive at Wentworth when. Uh, a lot of the time, obviously, he, he was quite a bit wayward with his tee shots, certainly down the final day, but he, he recovered unbelievably. And that's really going to help here. Um, obviously, Wentworth form is amazing. Um, you've got Alex Noren and Danny Willett um, have won here and in Surrey. Ells and Westwood have won at the Gary Pillayer, obviously, before this. And they've also finished runner-up at Wentworth. Uh, missed the cut in France. Not a worry. Second round of 68. That's absolutely fine. Um Ran up at the Daniel Links, whatever you want to make of that form. Um, but that was defending his title, uh, where he beat Norrin into third place, which fits. Got McElroy hat and behind. And of course, Willett, Grace, and Westwood have also won the Dunhill Links. And Fleetwood's been two times runner up. So, in terms of his best efforts this year or over the last couple of years, it fits absolutely magnificently into past champions here. Um, Three events recently. He's ranked 15th, 9th and 1st for tee to green. I'm a bit worried about him off the tee, but um, he seems to have improved it a little bit lately. Um, and obviously, you can't knock it if you're going to do that at Wentworth. Um, he's got nothing to worry about. He's already in Dubai. Um, he's got his PGA card. He's inside top 50 in the world, so he gets the invites to everything. Um, and led last year after one round uh, before getting beat by a shot by Fleetwood, who had to come from behind to beat him. Fleetwood's always come from behind. So he, I think he was seventh and then 12th in the two years going into the final day. Um, yeah, I think Fox is um, yeah, it's cracking. But I know he's 36 and you don't expect this sort of improvement, but yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think he is a definite improver. And I know, like you say, there, it's, it's strange to come so late, but I think it's just one of those, he's, he's not he's not been completely off the radar and then just suddenly got good at 36. He's been good and just not been good enough until he's got to 36 and he's obviously just matured and, and found it, right? Um, he's just a just a far better player and far better winner these days and, it, and maybe the playing part was always there, Brad, but I think he's exactly. just a better winner. Um, so, yeah, completely. I mean, I look like I, when someone asked me earlier, like, who do you like? It was very much like if Fleetwood and Fox get beat, then so, like, so be it. I think they're, they're both very much the top two. I know that Homer and JT could definitely come over here. JT's obviously found a bit of form. Homer's playing really well, mm-hmm. but um, no real reason to go to them at the odds, I don't think. Um, no, if anything, I think it's quite good that they're in the field because, you know, they beef up the odds elsewhere. I don't fancy either of them doing it. Obviously, they've got the ability to do so, but I don't think it's uh, any easy task to go, like play in South Africa like for the first time, compete there for the first time. Yeah. Um, and and win, you know. There's a lot different, um, and obviously it's a course that it's tough to show up on and win as well. So yeah, I, I love taking them two on at the top. Yeah, and I think like I was interested in what Thomas's price was going to be because I like I do think there's a bit of improvement there and a chance to bet him at some point before he goes and wins again because um, I think he he will do next season. But like it's just 
at 14 to 1, you don't need to worry about it. Um, interesting that Homer and Thomas are both playing the same event. They both played the fours in it, didn't they, before uh, mm-hmm. the Ryder Cup as well? So they, they seem to be busy uh, compared to the others. So good on them. Um, let's come to the consensus pick. Uh, so the first time me and Brad are going to make a pick, and I think Jason agrees on it as well. Um, Aaron Rye at 25 to 1, six places. I just. For me personally, like I was just looking, you know, I said about how important that kind of course form is going to be, you know, in limited starts, Aaron Rye, 8th and 13th. Um, when he was 8th, he um, was 4th going into the weekend, shot 75 and then bounced back nicely on the Sunday to finish in 8th. And then 13th, uh, he was 6th going into the final round and unfortunately shot 75 on the final day. Hopefully that's not a precursor of, of what we've got to come. But looking at Aaron Rye, I've been wanting to wanted to be with him for a while now and like it was on the PGA Tour he was kind of putting those performances in but not really getting anything out of it like he was 20th at the 3M Open um you know he, he was playing really nicely in, in every different event that you couldn't really back him for I think he was fifth after round one of the St Jude and then he just seems to have steadied out again now he was second at um Wentworth wasn't he he had the chance to to push it there um and then 28th 21st and 9th his last three starts um, 28th and 21st being on the PGA Tour and then ninth last time out the Qatar Masters with a final round 66 Brad I think for me that final round was the kind of thing that pushed me over the edge that actually yeah. he's got some really good momentum No definitely I, I think everything you said I agree with um, and that yeah that ninth in Qatar it, it was, he hit the ball really well like he gained strokes across the board uh, he excelled with his irons ranked ninth in approach and yeah, Gary Player Country Club is the type of course where I think you're going to need every part of your game to be firing. So I like to see that he was sort of gaining like, in each department. It's good to see. Um, as you said, the two appearances here, he's shown up eighth and thirteenth. And as I said earlier about the high altitude, um, he's, he's won high altitude in Kenya on the Challenge Tour. He's also finished seventh um, at the Joburg Open. Um, 2017, um, he actually has a pretty decent record in South Africa. Two top tens and two top 20 finishes from six appearances. Um, and it just it just feels like far too long since he's won, and I'm sure he's probably thinking the same. He fits exactly what I'm looking for, and um, he has frustrated me. Uh, <laughs> I think, and and yourself and others. Um, he's normally he's a player that you feel like you can. Um, you can get right you know you know his style and what he wants and he's 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 ended up showing up in places where you don't expect him to uh but this is one of them where it feels like he should be showing up at and as i said uh he's definitely due so yeah gotta be on hey when you look at the players and and the winning list here like a an aaron rye feels quite similar to a Brandon Gross, Alex Noren type, where they 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 have kind of global recognition. They play well on both tours, but don't necessarily get the wins that you'd expect. I know Noren obviously mm-hmm. went on that kind of tear up, and I think Rye could do that at some point. Um, but he feels like in that sort of class, and it's always good to look at the fact that he's beaten the the, the two time winner here in, in Fleetwood in, in one of his wins as well. So I think that's a nice little pointer. But Jason, are you still going with Aaron Rye? And if so, is there anything you've got to add? Yeah, no, no, you're right. Everything he, he, he does points to it, doesn't he? Um, the Fager, Audrey, where, where uh, uh, Ryan Fox won in 2015. Yeah. It was why. So um, that links them into, yeah. And a cheer match play, obviously beat Max Fitzpatrick in Hong Kong, uh, beat Fleetwood in Scotland in horrendous conditions. 
everything points to it. He's settled down at the PGA now, hasn't he? Top 30 finishes at some of the more decent PGA events. Um, mm-hmm. Fourth in driving accuracy. It's um, We've always said that, um, you know, him and, and Bez are um, yeah. very mm-hmm. similar. And, uh, you know, Bez in decent form would be, would definitely be a runner here. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, Bez has won here, hasn't he? Actually, just look yeah. at um, he's won here, won the SA Open, and has also been fifth and sixth. And I think they are comparative when they're at their best. Um, mm-hmm. See, Bez has got a slightly better uh, short game, but Ryle will just keep pummeling greens, won't he? And um, yeah, I, I, I don't see why not. I think he's a crack in each one a bit. Yeah. And English, obviously, the English do really well here, um, which was another mm-hmm. really bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. Another Englishman, Jace Jordan Smith, twenty-five to one as well. Same, same. Um, same. Long, it's all it's of a theme, isn't it? Yeah, I took a long, hard look at him, but I'll let you kind of go into. I did, I did as well. It's um, you know he's he's thirty and frustrating, exactly the same as Ryan Fox was doing, um, yeah. and he was in his early days, honestly. I mean, but again, Smith, you know, everyone knows what he is. You know, he's top six at Brand Hillside of Walton Heath in the British Masters. Got top tens at Wentworth, Abu, Raz, Daniel Links. Um, obviously, one Portugal, which everybody links into Links. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that Portugal Masters, Westwood won that. Um, and Lowry won that. Also, obviously, won at Wentworth. Um, his back form is, is obvious. He should have done better in France, but he did rally really well. Um, failure on the Sunday was that he didn't um, birdie any of the three par fives, I think, on Sunday. Um, but he does still rank six for overall performance um, through the year on the par five. So that backs up Brad's thing about exploiting those. Mm-hmm. You know, we know he's accurate. We know he's going to hit greens. Uh, um, I think he's overall six for off the tee for the season, 25th in approaches, 14th for greens, first for greens in reg. Um, 12 from 12 cuts, if you ignore the strange downhill links. Um, what do you want? No? Um, it's fine, isn't it? He, he, he does for me. Um, yeah. He got his best uh, performance at Qatar last week, uh, beating his previous best of six by one place. Um, and that was his best finish. It's the French, where he um, uh, was great for Teeth Green and uh, approaches. So, form's right, course is right. He's Aaron Rye, basically, another body. Um, and I'm hoping that Teeth Green wins the game. Otherwise, I'm a bit stuffed this week. <laughs> but the one I... thing I thought about Aaron Rye, sorry, back to Aaron Rye, yeah. is not give up. Um, if he's out of it, because, you know, Rye's not the sort where we think, oh, he's going to hit 62 or anything like that. Um, but if you look at what he's been doing race- recently, uh, Japan, he went 67th to 21st, 6th to 28th at Napa, 6th to 12th at Colonial, 21st to 2nd in, um, what do you call it, in uh, at Wentworth. Yeah. So his his steady game gets him through the field without him having to do anything mm. special. So uh, don't give up on him if he is lying in uh, 50th place on the first round. Interestingly, I think he's actually switched like switched that behaviour up as well. I think he does come out of the blocks a little bit faster now. I think he had quite a few first round leads or close to it on the PGA Tour. Yeah, um, first round, other than that. Yeah. Definitely a grinder over here. Um, just a quick one. I was just looking at, just looking at Rye, and yeah. I think the last time we, he hit like a real good bit of form, he was like third at the Canadian Open, 24th Travellers, and then ninth at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. This just screams this week, and I hate to put a De- Debbie Downer on it. And then he comes over to play the Scottish Open, uh, where obviously he's had a lot of joy in the past, and it was heavily backed, I think, that week, and he missed the cut. 
yeah. so it just this is exactly what I was saying before it's just like when you expect him it's like and I think he's going to get a lot of people on in this week and obviously we all are um I just yeah I just I do worry he, as I yeah, said he's, he's, had, he's had times where he should show up and he hasn't um yeah I just thought I'd make that point because I, I just think- saw it I think that's him in the PJ Tour in general, though. Like we can't seem to get the course right for him. Like he, he won't play well in Mexico or Hawaii, where you think he's going to play well, and then he'll go and finish like sixth at Tory Pines. Like it's just him all over. Um, mm. The great news is he can't miss the cut this week. So um, <laughs> that's that, very that's, true. That's that's the biggest thing I can give him. Um, but just going back quickly to to what Jason touched upon there, that like Jordan Smith is very similar to Ryan Fox. Um, the argument, and, and this is why. <laughs> I'm trying to soften my stance a little bit on players that can't win and that sort of thing. Like Ryan Fox is now a really strong winner on the on the DP World Tour, like four in you know four since 2019, two last year, one this year, and, and Wentworth all you know winning Dunhill Links and then Wentworth is two of the biggest events. He's lost two playoffs in the last five years as well. There's an argument that Jordan Smith is way ahead of where Ryan Fox was. Um, you know he's already got two wins by the age of 30. Fox was 32 by the time he'd won. He's got a top 10 in the major championship. He's got a top 20 in this year's US Open. So we could be talking about Jordan Smith in the next couple of years as we have done in Fox. So yep. I think that the, the reason things get levelled at Jordan Smith in the way they do is because he's always in this 25, 20 to 1 range on a DP World Tour that you expect him to win. But it just doesn't happen every week unless you're, unless you're Tiger was back in the day. So um, as an overall golf fan and as a as a observer, I guess like just maybe a little bit of patience with Jordan Smith and what he can become, I think, is a clear part of Fox. So I think also, it's just... Sorry, Brad. No, 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 I was just agreeing with Tom. No, that's fine. Yeah, you you go, mate. I just think it's 70-man field, but and it's it's of decent quality, but when you start going to the bottom half, you are struggling to make make cases. And and I think, therefore, if you've got people like Smith and Thingy that... that, um, Smith and um, Raya that, that have that calls that have current that fit perfectly well you know you, you have got each way value sad to mm-hmm. say you know we're normally looking for 66 81 for each way value but I, I think in this sort of tournament then 25 28 is, is yeah. perfectly acceptable yeah agreed um the reason I couldn't get to Aaron Rye is I've ended up with Rasmus Hoygaard who has now won four times on DP World Tour adding that made in Himalayan um, with a playoff win over Nacho Elvira back in July. And he seems to have just found Brad a little bit of form, like consistent form again. I know he had a couple of injury problems throughout the season, but he was 17th going into the final round at Wentworth and then shot 77 to finish 45th, but bounced right back to finish fourth at the Open de France. And then he was 25th um, at the Dunhill Links, obviously reduced to, to three rounds. And then he comes 26th. At the Andalusia Masters, 14th going into the weekend, and then 16th last time out, where you know he started well and finished well. Like it, he seems to have found that sort of baseline of his results, bro, where he was very volatile before. Um, feels a little bit like what Nikolai was like in the sense that we we thought Nikolai could either win or miss the cut, and Rasmus was a little bit more consistent at the time, but he, he seems to have got it again. Um, and now comes to a course, Brad, where he finished um seventh last year, that should have actually. Uh, one it's a 54 hole leader, wasn't he? So, um, yeah, any, anything else to, to add to that on Hoygaard? I think it's just a current uh, form and course on thing. Well, yeah, exactly. He's turned he's turned a serious corner, as you said, like the past four weeks. And what caught my eye was the 
improvement off the tee. Like he, he was ranked third off the tee in France, eighth at the Andalusian Masters and fifth last time out in Qatar. Um, but yeah, as I said earlier, sort of long and accurate driving seems to be a big part of the recipe for success here over the years. So um, yeah, making the most of the par fives crucial and find the fairways. It's a long course and yeah, he's looked really strong off the tee the past month. So it was a relatively easy decision to take him. Like, of course, on, on top of the what he achieved here last year, what he should have achieved maybe when he was 50 hole four hole leader um so yeah there's a lot to like and it's a, a chance to redeem himself this week and he needs a positive result like if he's to climb into the top 10 spots yeah. to secure his pj tour card next season like he's currently five behind Haizatsune in the rankings who's occupying the last spot so he needs a good week which is that extra bit of motivation motivation if he wants to play on the same tour as his uh brother next year so and and he did yeah. speak about that as well like i I know it's very easy to go, oh, well, you, you know, his twin brother's going to play on the PGA Tour. Like, he obviously wants a card, but like, he he genuinely didn't speak about that motivation. Before it's just the an added little motivation. It's just yeah. an added little thing to. It, it's like you. It's first and foremost, he looks a cracking bet, a bet regardless, and yeah. on top of that, he's got the motivation factor as well. So it's just you like it. I like it a lot, and you've got to remember, he's a four-time winner. He's yeah. won this year, even when he was in pretty crappy form. Yeah, he's he's a he's a brilliant person in contention. Like you feel like you've got a chance. Um and I, I honestly think he'll contend again. If not this week, it'd be very soon. Hopefully this week. That was the thing for me, is like I was looking around this kind of price range of like because I did like Smith and I obviously had Rye already, but like I was I'm looking like at McIntyre, Smith, yeah. honestly, between them four. Yeah. I think. So I looked at both Oigards, McIntyre and Ollison, and yeah, McIntyre is what I love Ollison this week. Yeah, Ollison yeah. is solid, but his course form is not that great. So I kind of looked at Rasmus and just thought, you know, but again, again, he's um sorry, his off the tee is massively improved in recent yeah. weeks, which is just that's sort of what um I'm liking. looking for. Yeah, that's what I'm liking. So yeah, I, I do like Ollison as well. I do, I do think that range of 25, 28 to one is is really solid. Very um, strong, isn't it? Yeah. We we are getting out of that range now um, with Jason, and it's not the 40 to one selection that I was anticipating for you, Jay. So I, I, I <laughs> thought this was screaming you and Ferguson for you again, um, but mm. maybe you've finally Fair. given up on him. Um, uh, but, uh, no, he just I, I I literally stuck very closely to. Um, to, to what I said about yeah. the current form and thing, which is why obviously later on when we talk about the best bet there is of the week, he doesn't <laughs> make the, the the final selection. Which I actually thought Brad would have, but um, anyway, oh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, I really I just literally stuck to what it was, and it only came out as ten players. Um, yeah. uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. and there we, yeah, therefore we had uh, Matt Wallace, who I did think would be bigger. I have to be honest, um, and I also I also now think that. Uh, McIntyre is um, bigger than I thought he'd be. Yeah. Um, there we are. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but Wallace fits the criteria. Uh, sorry, am I supposed to be talking about him? Am I supposed to be ignoring him and talking about you and Ferguson instead? Sorry. No, no, you go with Wallace, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, going for his 11th cut in a row, which is a better run than when he was fifth here in 2018. Uh, we all know what he's like. He's uh, can be a bit uh, tempestuous. Um, when things are not not particularly going right, uh, but when he is, 
Um, obviously, he's got victories in Portugal, tight Indian Open, BMW International, which is from um, Thorbjorn Ollison and Martin Keimer. Um, and obviously, he's got from Denmark, from Westwood, and former Portugal champion, Stephen Brown, who used to put up when mm-hmm. he was like seven million to one every week. Hmm. Um, although it wasn't Himmerland, uh, it was obviously Thomas Bjorn's home course, which I'm not going to try and pronounce, um, which is another course that allows you to. to um, wind yourself through forest. Um, I just think he has the perfect game. It was a matter of finding something in his current game um, for a bit of encouragement. Um, and I'm just going to click the thing that I'm supposed to click so I can actually read the rest of it. Uh, and that would help everybody. And, and I thought that, um, yeah, I mean, look, in the last few weeks, he's got his run up at uh, the Czech Masters when he played fantastically well. I thought he actually deserved to win that. Um, the Alpha Daniel Lynch, take what you like. But he still finished in the top ten, and last week was an excellent effort to finish in the top ten at um, Qatar. Um, he's played here three times, has made the cut three times. Um, there's just something about him. I just, yeah, I think he's just slightly more consistent um, than he was before. Obviously, um, hints were there last year at the Dutch Open and in a playoff defeat at Crans. That fits in. Crans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 2023, he's had that win at uh, the Dominican Republic um, straight after a top 10 at Valspar. And, and he's got that recent form. So um, he's number 55 in the Rolex rankings, I believe. Uh, knows that the top finish will take him to Dubai. Uh, and he's that sort of character, I think, that, that I, I, we don't like second-guessing. I don't really want to get involved in the emotions of what a win might mean and blah, blah, blah. But I do think that somebody like Wallace is exactly the type that knows He's only five off of getting into next week's big event. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got great desert form. And I think he'll want to be there. Yeah. No. Interestingly, you say about the price. Like, I actually thought this was the first time I've looked at Matt Wallace in recent weeks before he was a decent price. Um, <laughs> I, I, so it's, it's all funny opinions, isn't it? Like, I, I, I thought the 40 to 1 was actually good in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also think Robert McIntyre, but, you know, there is 40 to 1 in one place about him. 33 to 1 is kind of closer. Um, I just don't really trust him to win so I kind of stuck with the ones that do but um, Wallace certainly is, is someone that when he's playing well you kind of look at don't you and, and he is doing exactly that so um, didn't get there but so far all we've done has been very pally pally about everyone's picks so we'll, uh, we'll move swiftly on to maybe some of the more contested places um, but um, <laughs> I did look at Marcel Seam um, I thought he was decent yeah. value, um, at 55 and 60 to 1 um, I didn't get there in the end I've pretty much just stuck with the, the three that I've mentioned so far uh, or two that I mentioned so far and then the third I'm going to mention in a minute um, I just don't know like is it going to finally burst for Marcel Seam like he's He's playing so well, he kind of deserves he's to He's got something to play for. And he, yeah. He's the type of person who will just fist pump his way. You know, once he gets in the mood, he gets off to a good start. Yeah. You know, he's one of those. And obviously, he's got great form here. Uh, I, I, I think he's a good bet this week. Stro- strokes game fist pumps for Marcel Seam. Yeah, uh. I don't mind the fact he missed the cut. <laughs> honestly, really, honestly, he missed the cut last week. I have no issue with that at all yeah. because I think I think he just fight back and he still hit the ball really well off the tee. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I do think um I still seems a good bet this week. Yeah, do think I do, do think it was interest. Uh Valamaki's same price playing well recently, obviously with the win. Um again, just didn't quite get there. But the one final one for me, hundred to one still available, but it's eighty to one, <laughs> maybe ninety to one. 
Um, Excuse me. Scrivener. Uh, Jason it's Scrivener. Not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad, Brad. Sorry, surely. Um, <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> Jason Scrivener is, I think Jason mentioned him not so long ago on the podcast um, about a kind of bit of improvement in his play. When you look back to Kranz, he had two 65s there. He was 13th going into the weekend. He was uh, 54 for the Irish Open. He was actually 10th after 36 holes. He was 25th at the uh, at Wentworth, but he was 12th after round one. 20th at the Open de España, where he was 66, 67 over the weekend. And Lucia Masters, he was fifth after 36 holes, but finished 59th. And then last time out, goes and finishes ninth at the Qatar Masters. You then look at what he's like, not only at this golf course, but actually in this event, which I think is you know, really important for the South Africans. And he's finished 16th and third. Um, third, obviously, being a you know a big big statement finish for Jason Scrivener. And I just think he's capable of, of finishing in that same position again. So 90 to 1, six places, 80 to 1, eight places, whatever you like about that, 100 to 1, five places, if you want to be really bold uh, for Jason Scrivener. Um, it's just always stuck in my mind that time in the Middle East where it was kind of him, um, I think it was Tyrrell Hatton and maybe Tommy Fleetwood all were kind of in the mix. And I think um, Tyrrell come out on top in the end, but I still think Scrivener played really well on that day. Um, I've never really been able to shape that, and I probably should because he's—I don't think—he's barely finished in the top ten since. But um, yeah, you know, when he was second in that in that 2021 Abu Dhabi, I just—I just think it was something that really stuck with me, and the fact that he's found that form again now um, after a really lean period at the start of the year. Um, I like Jason Scrivener, so all those places you can take are great. Um, but 100 to 1, if you want that, is uh, is available with five places. And that will lead us, Brad, into your 100 to 1 selection, who I definitely yes. don't need encouragement betting. Yeah, um, Sean Crocker. So I think he's a brilliant bet this week. He's had a decent month. He's made four cuts um, and he, he finished like Scrivener, tied ninth yep. in Qatar last time out. And similar to Rasmus, his ball striking in recent starts has caught my eye. It's... He's ranked 20th off the tee, sixth on approach at the Andalusian Masters, and he improved on that in Qatar, ranking second off the tee and 18th on approach. Um, I just think that's highly encouraging because we, we know at his best, uh, Crocker is one of the best ball strikers on tour, and he's shown glimpses of that on the last couple of starts. Um, he, he isn't the best around the greens, and that can obviously be a problem here because if you miss the fairways, which hopefully he doesn't, uh, but if you do, it's, it's, it's tough to play out of the, the rough and find the greens. So normally you need a good short game to compete around here. Um, but he has improved in that department in recent weeks. He's gained strokes around the green uh, in his last four starts, so that's really encouraging to see. Um, he's played at Gary Player Country Club once before. That was last year. He finished... 37th um, but I think Leopard Creek is a good uh, comp for this course uh, it's a tough tough South African track that requires a similar skill set he finished 18th and runner up there from uh, three starts so bloody good and he's also had a fourth place at Crans, um, which I keep saying yeah played at altitude at high altitude so yeah he, he looks the pick of the long shots for me um, but yeah I also like uh I also like Scrivener, but I didn't get there. But yeah, I really uh, think um, Crocker's in for a big week. Yeah, I could I could very easily add Crocker to my um, list and, and make it kind of five. It's with Crocker, his dad Gary um, has been in touch on, on social media in the past, and 
he sort of said to me earlier in the season that he's been working on that short game area and he knows it's, a, it's an area of issue and and he'd made you know incremental improvements in the short game so as your mm. stats kind of back up there it, it's obviously you know coming That's to fruition true. um yeah. so you know if you can kind of what was happening with Crocker in the season is his ball striking was letting him down and when that like when your main facet isn't it yeah, yeah like you can't do it so uh yeah really really obviously impressed with Sean Crocker for the last month or two um and have been trying to find a way to bet him and have bet him a couple of times uh recently so yeah like Sean Crocker I looked at Dan Bradbury um me too and I just <clears throat> can't envision him winning an event of this magnitude yet um but his ball striking is just ridiculous um mm-hmm. and to me like that was enough to kind of catch my eye then you consider yeah. that wasn't it south africa where he yeah won? joe berger he won yeah. and on his first start as well um yeah he was the fifth name i wrote down on my shortlist i've got my notepad in front of me so yeah i really liked him i couldn't well i could have but i didn't go with him in the end um but yeah i i, I same with you he's ninth um, off the tee as well, strokes gained off the tee for the season. Uh, obviously, the win in South Africa, I, I was very close, like yourself. I think it's one of those, like, I just I think it's tough to envision, numbers, right? yeah. Like, numbers wise, I think he's a really good bet. He, he lines up perfectly with what I want, and the fact that he'd won in South Africa kind of encourages me. The only thing being that he hasn't really played well in South Africa since, but I don't know if that's. I mean, two of those come immediately after winning. Is that a bit of shell shock? Um, yeah, I think so. I'll put it to but that. Then, but then even you go sort of like later on in the, you know, you know, March time, I think it was in, you know, the SDC Championship and the Johnson Workway, he misses the cup both times. So it's not like he's, if it was like Joe Berg open where he's like finished first and finished top 15, 20 and all these other South African stars to say, look, he loves this part of the world. Um, it looks like he was just taking advantage of a really hot, period of form um yeah um, um but anyway either way, either way he's 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 in a good reign of form at the moment though yeah, that's the thing exactly that. like his numbers are good and as i say sixth and 13th in in that spanish swing so i do think dan bradbury is, is a live outsider in a in a really strong field at this mm-hmm. now um jason better the week for you in the nedbank golf challenge uh well this top 20 as well now i've just seen that's like in the 10 or, or odds around that yeah um and definitely top south african is thriston lawrence who i know brad i think did you put him up last week i didn't not last the week yeah i put him up in qatar yeah yeah Yeah, you put him up in qatar yeah yeah well he played well till halfway um Mm. uh, anyway thriston lawrence um in the top final 10 um we had uh xander lombard was the only one to have a top six in his last top six starts plus obviously the course form um, but Thriston Lawrence was really not far behind. Um, he, you've got to go back seven starts to see him third uh, in Ireland. And last year, although he hasn't got the top 10, he was uh, third at the end of uh, the third round. Um, so that, that's in this tournament, let alone what else he can do in South Africa. Uh, one at Joburg, obviously, in 2021. Uh, has won the BMW International this year, beating uh, Juiced Loughton, um, who's got 14th, 12th and 10th round here. Last year, obviously, one at Crans from Matt Wallace, which works well. Um, 12th at Kenya, third in the Irish, sixth at Valderrama. Um, like I say, he's missed out on on going into the final 10 by an absolute whisker. His form round here is great. I know what you said, and I appreciate that um, class-wise, maybe they weren't this one. But when you're getting um, 19 to 10 for top 20, and he's priced bigger than Yannick Paul, 
Um, obviously, he's won once, but um, he's hard to do the job with. And Romain Longasque, who threatens to win, but is turning into a bit of a nightmare. Um, current mm-hmm. form, uh, he was eighth at halfway at Qatar last week. He was 16th um, after the third round last week. Um, in Andalucia, he was 19th at halfway. Um, I like him. I think he's playing much better than he is. I think his numbers are absolutely fantastic for here. I think his game suits here fantastically. And yeah, I'm playing both. I'm playing the top 20 at 19 to 10 or prices of thereabouts. And yeah. also 4 to 1 top South African. I think Brandon Grace is criminally short. At around, mm-hmm. uh, 6.1 in one book, 9 to 4 with Sky, which is probably a bit fairer. Um, Henny Duplessis, I can give or take. Uh, Xander Lombard. Was, was on you, the, never, on the you never know what you get with him. Uh, yeah. Lawrence is a winner, isn't he? Lombard isn't. Um, Louis de Jager and, and Oki Sliding, you can forget. So you can actually get three places with Skybet in a six-runner market. I know you're going to lose money if he doesn't win it. Um, but, you know, it's a bet to nothing, I think. 4-1 with Bet Victor looks absolutely freaking huge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in with Lawrence on various... Um, uh, ways of doing so yeah it, it took all my might there to to not jump in and say what about jason scrivener and then i remembered that he was australian so um don't worry about the top south african market and, and opposing him um so interestingly he might be quite good in the top australian market there's, there's more than one so um what have we got in the top top australasian he'll obviously be with ryan fox and daniel hillier only so maybe take them on if you don't fancy Ooh, yeah. fox um but yeah, I think that probably sums up the Nedbank Gold Challenge. Um, I think we've, we've done a good job of that. I think it's a good event, one to to really talk about. So we'll go over to the Bermuda Championship, which isn't a good event or probably one that's worth talking about, but we will do it um, for consistency purposes. Uh, Adam Scott, 16 to 1. Brendan Todd, 18 to 1. Thomas Dietrich, 20 to 1. Akshay Batia, 20 to 1. Ben Griffin, 22 to 1. Lucas Herbert, 22 to 1. And then you've got 25 to 1 and bigger the rest if i started listening to all the people at 25 to 1 we'd be here all night so um look adam scott star power um mm-hmm. not the player he once was but big name good good pull for the bermuda championship one positive of the of the full series i guess is, is having him in it um but i think an opposable favorite i think it's fair to say brendan todd same sort of thing thomas dietrich never wins does he so um I know what I've just said about not writing people off, but I can write him off for the time being. Um, so we, we come to the first one, Brad, that you're going to mention. Um, yes, Ben Griffin. Yeah. I, so I was going to put Ben Griffin up. I'm assuming this sea of blue on Notch Checker is to do with... Some of the, yeah, some of the withdrawals. It's, it's Hadley and Van Royen coming out, isn't it? Because they were both mm-hmm. up here. Um, yeah. Is he still a player at the 21 mark, Ben Griffin? I think just about, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially now that some of the players have come out. I think 20, you can get 22s. Um, yeah, I think that's totally fine. I was, I was on him here last year at 110 to one. Yeah. Absolutely no, painful, <laughs> painful, painful finish. Like one of the worst, worst I've witnessed. Like, Did he make two, four, four bogeys in a row and then a double bogey? Yeah, to top yeah, it yeah. He had a two-shot lead over power going into the final seven holes. The putter went cold, uh, poor tee shots followed, just tr- well and truly lost the plot, as you said, dropped six shots in five holes, 
and in the end was just hoping he would uh, hold on for a place. It was just, it was ugly, horrible, horrible memories. And I clearly like pain because I'm going in on him again. And this time as one of the favourites at like a yeah. quarter of the price. Um, but yeah, he has, he, he's threatened to win a few times, hasn't he? Is this, there is a serious player in there. Just got to get past the scar tissue now because there's plenty of it. Um, he seems to enjoy these wind affected tests. He played relatively well last week in Mexico. Um, he, he got better as the week went on um, in shot rounds of 67 and 66 over the weekend uh, to finish tied 23rd. And uh, ever since he threw away um, the win, where was it? Uh, Sanderson Farms, I think it was. Yeah, yeah he, he, he struggled, doesn't he? He hasn't made, I think he missed a couple of cuts, he had some poor finishes. So I'm hoping that weekend performance um, in Mexico. Uh, can sort of act as a, a good platform to build from going into this week. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling a redemption stories on the card, uh, at least I fucking hope so, because he knows me. It would, um, it would definitely be a story, that's for sure. Um, look, he, he, he's definitely, considering how bad it went for him in contention, the fact that he's got back in contention at the Sands, I know it's you know, almost a year apart, but the fact that he had a chance to win the Sanderson Farms and, you know, he's in a good event since then, I think is... Um, you know, a testament really. Like I, I think yeah. that's a, a I mean, that's good two song. events he's thrown away. He could be a two-time PGA Tour winner, you know, quite easily. Like I mean, thankfully I was actually uh, I was on Luke List at Sanderson Farm, so when he did um, bottle it down the last, I was <laughs> like, oh, fair play, mate. You, you, <laughs> so to, to be fair, he does he doesn't owe me too much. He saved me there. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what you're gonna get back out of him. I just I I liked him at 28 to one or whatever, and then it's funny, isn't it? He goes 22 to one, you think, no, I'm not gonna do it. But as you say, rightly say, you take Hadley out, you take Van Royen out, and Hadley was obviously one of the people I did like. Hadley was looking good. Yeah, he looked. I, I fancy. I him. can't believe Hadley's pulled out. I don't know. If it's just one of those like it's better better for him to not play because of the rankings or something. Um, he's had a good couple. Of... He only he only thrives when he's in the bottom half of the ranking. Yeah, he's obviously, he's obviously <laughs> yeah. playing too well. He's playing too well. He's, can't, he's going to have to have a lie down. He's uh, can't cope with it. But um, Jay, so the same price, Akshay Bateri, is that your one and done for the Bermuda? Well, I'm looking at others, but I mean, now that Hughes is out, it's, it's really only left me a couple more. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, he was very well backed and fancied last week. Yeah. Um, really, getting contention and still finishing the top 10. There is no, we don't know the seeding of this fella as we know. Um, you know, I think we all, I think everybody in golf expects him to do a bit better than appearing at this every year. Um, what can you do? He's uh, won Bahamas, he's won the Barracuda, um, he's been ninth at Barbasol. In, in the old days, these would have been um, opposite events, wouldn't they? Um, yeah. Obviously, Bahamas was on the KFT, but it's a decent event. Very, very wind affected, which is what's going to happen here. We think, um, yes, you've got to be careful about, because you could get totally out of this because you'll get bad conditions and you'll end up with four over or something but you'd have to be a pretty bad player to be four over around here I think um, <laughs> he's just playing really really well since then I mean even the missed cuts aren't horrendous are they Wyndham 72 71 Fortnite at 73 67. and then he's he's continued to just play excellent golf um, and it's based on that really 17th here last year um, when people were backing him last week I was hoping um, and then, and then, yeah, I think they backed him last week and then they were saying that, I can't remember who it was, who said they were going to back Batcher for the next three weeks. Um, obviously, if he wins one, he's not going to play the others. 
Um, but he played perfectly well enough last week, finished with a 64. Yes. I, I think this is, I think if there's somebody from the top, I mean, obviously Scott's at the end of his career, Toddy's at the end of his career, Dintry's not ever done it. Um, I like Ben Griffin, I must be honest. I like Lucas Herbert as well. I know yeah. he's defending, but these are perfect conditions for him. But then you start getting a bit, Alex Noren would rather be in, what's it called, at the Ned Bank. Yeah. Um, and then it starts getting a bit, I don't know, I mean, Mac Hughes is out now, so I'm now really in trouble. Um, I just think if there's anybody that's going to be on a different planet to these in a year's time, potentially because of mm. age as well, um, then it's going to be actually Bassier. And um, mm. I, I struggle to see him not challenging here this week, provided mm. he doesn't get buffeted about. Yeah, is, oh, I was I was on him last week at forties to one. Big, so big. and so it's just it's just I, I really wanted to be on him again. I think when I saw twenties, I was just oh, it's just a I tough. Think, a tough I think thing. the thing is though, like it's, you know I mean? it's one in shit, isn't it? Like it's your yeah, twenties. You no, know, the field is shitter. It is yeah. uh, granted, but and he's also just. I just wish he bloody placed at least something last week. Then I feel more probably like I could I could get on him, you know. <laughs> but he just narrowly missed out. It's, a, it's one of those. I do like about him at the moment though is he seems to have found a little bit of a flaw. Like whereas last year he was, you know, he, he obviously contended and then you know had chances to win, but for the most part was missing cuts. Right, like he's come out. He missed the cut obviously at the the Fortinet, but then he's gone forty third, thirty fifth, twenty first, tenth. Like it seems to be that he's just found his level now um and his level is obviously good enough to i mean you go to tour tips over the last 15 weeks he's the seventh best player in the field so um yeah. you're obviously being priced at, at shorter than that but this is also including lucas glover who's got two wins in that time and sixth best in the field so it's all it's all relative because the the numbers are skewed slightly by people that have had fewer yeah. starts um i really i really want to be on him to be honest yeah i, did. I just oh, it's, just, it's just tough yeah, I thought he'd be. I actually thought he'd be smashed off the board, and he may well be. When he, I think people are scared because they don't know who's pulling out, who's playing, and whatever. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a lot of tweets going on about you know getting the wrong side of the draw, and you know you don't really want to be on at 18. I don't, I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much in it for the first two rounds, honestly. When I, when I looked at it, I think there's. Uh, I think the wind is similar to last year. The wind comes more over the weekend. I don't think there's an awful lot. In the first two rounds, that's what I looked at this morning. I might have uh, saw. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a funny old course, isn't it? And Phil, I mean, yeah. the only thing I'd say is he's not, you know, one hundred percent Bermuda grass positive. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm quite prepared to think that he's he's still. I think he's still green. He's before. Yeah. I still think he's green. He's got an awful lot of growing up to do, or growing outwards to do, should we say? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think if there's anybody that, that is not going to be here next year, it's him. Yeah, I like him. Um, are you playing Lucas Herbert as well, Chase? Or? Can't play two at that price, can you? You just not in a, not in an event like this because anything. Well, I suppose you can play the two and go nowhere else, couldn't you? But it's tempting because I just think conditions are somewhat happy street. Um, yeah. No, no, given the choice, I'm going to go for Batia because uh, he was my long range one two weeks ago. And, and you know, there we are. What else can we do? Yeah, no, absolutely. I am going with Taylor Pendrith, which is not something that I thought I'd say in 2023, but I am. Um, he's 25 to 1, seven places, 22 to 1, eight places. 
he's just he's just found form again. Uh, third place at the Shriners. He went he opened with 69, he went 65, 65, 67 to climb every day. And then last week at the Worldwide Technology Championship, opens with a 72 and then goes 66, 67, 65 to finish 15th. He then had a little nosy over the facts of what he did here uh, in his one and only start. He finished fifth, uh, second round 61, uh, was on part on, on track for a 59 that week, um, and then a third round 65. Now, the concerns, he shot the 76 on Sunday when he had a chance, but I don't really know what's in front of him to beat right now. I know we've been talking about Batia there, might be you know, someone that we worry about in a couple of years' time or whatever, as someone that could be a real closer, but... I don't necessarily know that Adam Scott's going to get in contention. If, if he is, you worry about him, same maybe with Brendan Todd, but they've got to get there first. And I don't necessarily know that Todd's playing okay. Um, but I just think Pendriff's shown chances to win in the past. Okay, he's not he's not grabbed them yet, but at 25 to 1 in a field like this with seven places, eight places, 22 to 1, the way he's playing, uh, Taylor Pendriff to me made all the sense in the world. So he, he threw was, it away, didn't he? Um, yeah. He should have won here. A bit like yeah. Griffin. So we're both on a redemption story. That's it. Exactly that. And uh, yeah, terrible final round when he shot that 76. So yeah, we've had two players that, you know, you're taking 22 to 1, 25 to 1 about that, that could definitely chuck it away. But these yeah. are the worlds and times that we live in, uh, Brad. This is what the Bermuda Championship throws at us. It um, is. It's what it is in a nutshell. It's very So yes. Um, yeah, I don't, this, this, this is a hard event, isn't it? Uh, to get me excited about. But Give us your next pick. Um, right, you yeah. So I've gone with Nick Hardy. because uh, He's been relatively solid without putting up any trees, per se. Like he's, he's made nine of his last 10 cuts and finished tied 23rd last week in Mexico, which is currently his best result of the full series. Um, he, he missed the cut on his first visit to Port Royal. Uh, but last year he finished 23rd, which included rounds of 65 and 66. Um, he's also finished uh, tied 13th at Corrales, tied 14th at Sony Open, and tied 21st at Mayakoba. So, yeah, it's showing a bit of appreciation for a wind-affected coastal test. He is also as a third-place finish um, in the Bahamas from the Corn Ferry Tour, which, which adds to that. And... I just feel like he hasn't he hasn't hit the ground running on the PGA Tour as I thought he would. Like he's very highly regarded. Um, he obviously had that win with um, uh, Riley at the Zurich. Um, other than that, like his best result to his name individually is a tied fifth finish at the Sanderson Farms. Um, so you know, I'm expecting a lot more from him, and this should be the type of event he should be targeted in. Um, I saw on um, his social media that he flew to Australia after uh, the Zozo to work on his game with um, re- well-renowned Australian coach Gary Barter. So he looks to be putting in a lot of work to improve um, and he did have an improved result and performance in Mexico. Um, he, he closed around 65, which was his best round of the week. So I'm hope, hoping that is uh, a sign of things to come. Um Bit of a funny one. I, I, it's, he didn't really jump off the page, but I ended up landed on him, and I'm quite excited to chance him now. So we'll see how it goes. I think it's definitely one that I think is an improver for the parts of the season. He was really good ball striking wise, and it felt like he just mm. didn't really ever take advantage of that. And all of a sudden, it's actually his ball striking that's gone away from him a little bit, which is why the results have struggled. But look, when you look at this event, 
um, the minefield that this is. So you've basically got to throw form out the window. As much as we're talking about people being in good form at the moment and using that as, as you know, a reason to go for people. Seamus Power won last year. His form coming in, 49th miscut, 30th, 65th. Lucas Herbert two years ago, miscut, miscut, 45th, 4th, and the 45th and 4th were on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Brian Gay, miscut, 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 miscut. And Brendan Todd, 28th, miscut, miscut, miscut. So as much as like you want to see a player playing well coming in, and it's always encouraging, um, I do think there's a, an element of if you can find anything in their games um, right now, then you take advantage of it. And, and Nick Hardy was... 23rd here last year he had an opening round 65 closing 66 like that's enough like I know he's, we're talking about 33 to one shot as opposed yeah. to 100 to one shot but it's, it's one of those as well I mean, if you've got a, a sort of a belief in a player that should be better than what he is I think it's time to sort of take a chance on someone like that you know someone you've sort of followed for a while you feel like should be a bit higher up than what he is and he I think he has been showing signs recently he's been pretty consistent so yeah, as you just said, like it's, if you can find any good reason to take someone, it's one of them weeks, isn't it? You just gotta, you just gotta back it and go for it. Yeah, going from higher, you're talking about. I'm gonna go to lower with Justin uh, Lower or Lower, as he's actually called. Um, I just wanted to get that joke in there because it's spelled Lower. Um, but he, to me, is another one that kind of flashes up in terms of ball striking. Um, and in the two starts at Port Royal, he's been 17th and 8th. And of those two events, he's been inside the top 10 for six of the eight rounds. So for whatever reason, he just absolutely loves this golf course. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the start of the full series, he was 45th at the Fortinet, but he was actually 6th after two rounds and 14th going into Sunday. Uh, 41st at the Zozo, but again, he was 12th after 54 holes. And then even last week, he finished with a 23rd, but he actually opened and closed with rounds of 65. So there's loads to sort of suggest that Justin Lauer, or Lauer um, is in great form right now. A great, you know, with, I don't know what kind of speech marks around it, but great form in relation to this field. And he's another one that just seems to sneak up in ball striking metrics. Um, yeah. he's actually eighth in strokes gain approach in this field at the moment um, and 34th tee to green. And look, he's he perennially finishes second. If you actually look at his... Um, OWGI, he had that chance to meet at the Fortinet, he finished fourth last year. Um, but then you look at his Corn Ferry, second in 2019, second in 2020, second in 2021. He's nothing if not consistent. Um, and I just think there's a little bit of improvement still in Justin uh, Lauer, which I know he's not young and he's not a spring chicken, but at 55 to 1 and 50 to 1, eight places, if you want to stretch out a bit. I think Justin Lauer, the way he's playing and the way he's played at this golf course over his two starts. Uh, there's plenty in the number, so happy with that. Um, Jason Lanto Griffin, is he one for you? Yeah, possibly. Mm. I think around that price, I think he's showing a bit of spark again now, three cuts in a row. Um, any of that, really, 28, 13, 69, 66 last week's going to give him some sort of chance. Um, and obviously, he was top 20 here last year anyway, after a, a reasonably slow start. But he is one that is very um, Bermuda positive. Um, one on the Corn Ferry Tour on a Rob Trent Jones track that was Bermuda. It's one at Houston, seventh at Sony, third at uh, PGA West, the American Express. Um, was there even last year when he when everyone has forgotten about him, he was fifteenth at the Mexico Open, uh, and then he's been sixteenth on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. 
Um, that was on a, a um, Bermuda Greens course and 15th at Texas. So uh, I just thought there was a little bit more in him. I mean, you don't get 65, 69 Sanderson and then 64, 68, 68, the Shriners, without there being something yeah. um, still there. Um, at loss. Whatever. If you're asking me for another pick uh, with Mackenzie Hughes out and, and Lucas Herbert, the price he is, then it will probably be Lanto Griffin. Um, how many places can you get? 10 places. Oh, what? No, you can't get it. No, you can't get that many. Uh, I don't know if Sky better doing the 10 eight. they normally do, do they? You get, uh, uh, yeah, no, you can get you can you can get ten with Sky Bet. Uh, he's thirty five to one. He's thirty five to one though. Yeah, he's he's sixty six to one with eight places with William Hill. Yeah, there. see, I like see that. I, I I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I think there's something there with Andrew Griffith. Um, he's never really given up, even though he's he's you know he's tailed off. Yeah. Um, and if you do look, if you have to look <laughs> on tour tips, there's little bits there, you know, around the green. He was the best in the field at Shriners. I know he had to be. His approach was crap. Um, last three times for scrambling, 19th, 4th and 3rd. There's bits there. But I I, I, I try to find someone that obviously, um, actually, I think is the ceiling. You know, I don't know what it is. Mm. Um, so I went down the, the positive route, the Bermuda positive route, and he was the one that I, I, I ended up with the dice. Well, he... With Lanto Griffin, the only reason he kind of tailed off last year, he had that back surgery, didn't he? He's out yeah, for five to six months. Yeah, he's been injured, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, been in that high spot, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think, I think for me, when you see a player that has been out injured for that length of time, I mean, that was a micro to something, disectomy or whatever, I don't know, what, I'm not a doctor. Um, don't really read doctor stuff very well. But um, he, he was injured, effectively, and it was a bad back injury. And... He took a while to come back. When you look at, as you said, about his recent results, I mean, even that 13th at the Shriners, he was the 36th hole and the 54 hole leader. So he's been in and around the mix um, plenty already this full series and got better as the week went on on his debut here, whatever that was, 2019. So, yeah, I think that, that Griffin is certainly one to, to keep an eye on, especially at the price range. I think this 66 to 1 range is actually quite generous in this field. Um, that's, that's, that seems, yeah, that seems a bit is, there, yeah. is there a top Griffin market at all? Yeah, <laughs> take, take, go head to head. Um, take you on, Jace. Absolutely. Um, that'd be uh, no, actually, I do like Ben Griffin as well, but yeah. um, <laughs> but I just thought that, uh, it, the same price as that. No, I, I agree. I think, I think Lando's, you can definitely make a case for Lando this week. No one, no one wants to go full Griffin on the week, do they? So let's not do a full Griffin card. Um, Matty Schmid, 60 to 1, 8 places, 66 to 1, 6 mm. places if you want it. I just think on just talent alone, he's worth taking a bit of that price. But when you then factor in, he should have won the Andalusia Masters. I know he was, you know, disappointing and, and you know, emotionless that day. But like... He's come back straight away and finished 38th last week in Mexico, where he actually opened 65-68 to be inside the top 10 after the first two rounds, um, and then closed with a 67. I, I actually think that's pretty impressive. And you go back to even before the second round of the series, 26th at the Shriners, where again he opened 65 and closed with a 63. He's got three top 25 finishes towards the tail end of last season uh, on the PJ Tour and DP World Tour. Um, and then just carried it on at the start of this. Sixth in ball striking last week, fifth in total mm. driving, 19th in greens regulation. 
I think Schmid's a ridiculous price. At, at I think he's a big price, yeah. As you said, I think his ball striking, it's, it's been really good recently. Like, I mean, stats were limited last week, weren't they? But he's just consistently hitting fairways and greens. It's just really impressive. And yeah, as you say, talent alone, massive price this week, isn't he? I just, I just don't, like, I just, I wasn't planning to be on him, really. Like, I'm still a little bit scarred by what happened in that final round of Andalusia. But he's yeah. 25 and shown plenty in that in that sort of young start to his career um mm-hmm. and he's coming to the bermuda championship like why am i i'm not going to worry too much about what he's done so far in the past like i know base i think everyone that's won this bermuda championship has actually already won so that would, i guess would be the one negative i mean lucas herbert hadn't done it on the pj tour but he'd done he'd had two wins on the on the dp world tour but so you know, I find that bizarre, really, because see, yeah. it screams, it screams like a breakthrough win the Bermuda yeah, Championship. It does, it? but then when you look at, you look at, but it's all the old heads love it, don't they? Well, this, the is, so I've got a theory that this is basically to do with like it's really crappy weather, like God, really yeah. quite long. Experience rounds. in the wind, if the yeah. wind blows, yeah. We're, we're experience in the wind, but also just like, uh, you know, keep your head on after like, because there was, I think this is the course where you get the most differentials. I think like. Pendrith went like 61-76, like um, I think the Gala went like 66-80 or something. Like yeah. it's just it's just keeping your head on, knowing that you're gonna get some bad rounds, you're gonna hit some bad shots in the wind. And That's but then right. look, you you've got Brendan Todd beating Harry Higgs uh, in the first edition, so Harry Higgs would have been a breakthrough winner. You got Brian Gay beating Wyndham Clark in a playoff. He would have been a breakthrough winner. Yeah. You've got Lucas Herbert. Okay, they he beat Danny Lee and Patrick Reed that have also already won. But then Seamus Power beats yeah. Thomas Dietrich, and, and and it would have been Ben Griffin. So well, Ben Griffin and yeah. Hendricks was there as well yeah. on the final round. Like so this, are really could quite easily say that it could have all been first time winners. I know they haven't. It's quite bizarre. It's a it's a tough one, isn't it? Like I I do think there's a level of um, of consistency in the sense that there's been some old players play well here and, and that's what you should kind of look at but it could have very easily been breakthrough winners as well so I'm happy to look at that and then the final one for me who's coming in a little bit uh, Austin Smotherman 70 to 1 8 places again very much in the same sort of thing of, of Justin Lauer really that he's not someone I'm going to be on too often but He's coming to a course where he's played well in the past. He opened with a 62 to lead off round one last year, back to up a 67, second going into the weekend. You look at his um, efforts so far in the fall, and he's been 35th and 23rd in the last two starts. He was 27th at the Wyndham, closed with a 64 last week, 22nd in ball striking. I think there's plenty about um, Austin Smotherman to like. So, Go way back to the Players' Championship. He played well there for a round, didn't he? It's just he's got something, Smotherman, to offer. I don't know, yeah. you know what it, it is. Let's go open. Yeah. So I just, for me, Brad, like in this field, the Lowers, the Smothermans, the people that show up and flash every now and then are perfect for this sort of event. Yeah, um, definitely. And, it, and they're, it, they're like two years into their PGA Tour as well. You know, they're, they're getting a bit more... You know, the grips, you know, they're, they're not like, do you know what I mean? They're sort of, they've been there a while now. They feel as though like I've proper settled, got a good feel of the course. Um, and they feel like probably they should be showing up in these events now. 
Yeah, so. absolutely. And I just, I just think it, like you said, like it's, it's an opportunity. I mean, look, Smotherman and Justin Lara are not players have been desperate to follow for, for years, but like they're just, they're players that flash enough, and, and why not give them a chance in this level of field? So, um, they're a fast start as well, doesn't he? Does, yeah. I mean, that I know Jason sort of touched on it earlier with like the. Um, that there is a worry about you can get on the wrong side of the draw. And I do think there's certainly an element, to, especially for like first round leader and things like that, you should definitely wait until um, the weather forecast comes out. But I think you just got to take the prices you're going to get now. Like Smotherman's not going to suddenly go to 150 to one because he goes on the apparent wrong side of the draw. And, and same with Batir, he's not going to go to 33 to one just because he gets on the wrong side of the draw. Like it just, if you want the players, you're going to have to back them and, and pray to God that if there is a weather bias, they, they're on the other side of it. Um, and at this rate, there might be some more withdrawals. So, yeah. Take, yeah, exactly take that. Can. <laughs> All of a sudden, Adam Scott or Brendan Todd pulls out and everyone's about five oh, to one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just take take your bets and, and stick with them, I think. But uh, my advice, my overriding advice would be not to get too heavily involved with the Butterfield Bermuda Championship because it, it looks like it could be a bit of a minefield. I actually quite enjoy watching the event. I, quite I really love these events. I think it's yeah. the time to get involved. I think but, you just throw yeah. some darts. It's, it's no, I think, fun. I think you can absolutely, but just like don't exert. I know what you mean. I know, I know, you know. Like the gamble. Don't be like was, playing matchups or <laughs> like. Yeah. Might, might, yeah. As someone that probably should promote responsible gambling an awful lot more than I do. Um, <laughs> let's, let's enact it here at the Bermuda Championship. Um, <laughs> Is that are we done? Is that everyone? Is that? Oh, I've got one more. I've got no, one more. Up. Are we? Are we? Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Yeah, I've got um another rogue one. Uh, Nicholas Echevarria. Yes, you do. Yes. Yeah. Um, before his tied 31st finish last week in Mexico, uh, he had missed 12 cuts in a <laughs> row, which is um ridiculous. Uh, his last made cut was a tied 66th at the Mexico Open, which was another coastal track. Um, he won the Puerto Rico Open at the start of the year out of absolute nowhere. Uh, he's coming into the event in poor form. Um, his other notable performances on the PGA Tour have been a tied 12th at the Sony Open and a tied 23rd at this week's venue, Port Royal. Uh, I think you can see <laughs> what I'm getting at here uh, is exact, exactly what he wants. Um, last year he opened with rounds of 66 and 64 and was sitting in seventh going into the weekend um, in Mexico last week. He finished strong with rounds of 67 and 66. Um, he ranked fifth for greens in regulation. Um, I don't like to pigeonhole golfers, but since getting his PGA Tour card, he's only made the cut in six events and five of those have been coastal tracks. It's crazy and just six made cuts like he's from 27 so six made cuts from 27 he has managed to grab a win <laughs> yeah so there's a, there's a massive upside i just I, I can't i don't think you can go wrong having a stab in the triple digits in this field and he looks like a, a good candidate for that my my stabs in this field would be uh richie Wierenski, um harrison endicott brent grant they were the sort of players that kind of Looked to me, 125, 150 to one mark, but um, nothing too exciting. Jason, surely we are at the point where, what were you going to say? Was I? Oh, <laughs> oh no, that was ages ago. That, I was just, I was just, I think it's a shame that Patrick Rogers isn't playing. So, yeah. 
It is. Yeah, we are surely at the Carl, Carl, you, Carl Juan, Carl Yuan, whatever his really name is. I know it's not even Carl. He was, he was my. Uh, oh, Carl Yuan. Yeah, Carl Yuan. He was, he was my rag for the um, for the week if I had one. Carl Yuan. What was the last time? What was he done recently? I'm assuming nothing. But have a look. Have a look. Top twenty. Well, it's got. It's got a hell of a swing on him. Yeah, yeah. That hits the ball an absolute mile. Six at the like this heli- helicopter finish. If you haven't seen it, you have that's to it, see that's it. it. That's it. That's um, it. He was my rag because I think he's going to do something at some point. But uh, this is yeah. a crap event. But he's not in the. You know, I, I'd still rather have um, somebody like Batia or um, Banto Griffin giving him ten shots and beating him. So I won't bother. Cool. Thank there you. we go. Absolutely right. Let's summarise what I think was actually in the end quite a chaotic podcast. Um, <laughs> I but, preferred it, Tom. To be honest with you. Yeah. Fair. I, uh, yeah, I like it. I like being a bit chaotic. And just to summarise our picks for the two events this week, um, over in the Nedbank Challenge, I've gone with Aaron Rye at 25 to 1, Rasmus Hoygaard at 28 to 1, Jason Scrivener, uh, I'm going to take the 90 to 1, six places, uh, but you can get 100 to 1 if you want to go a bit bolder. Um, Jason has gone for Ryan Fox at uh, 18 to 1 best price. Jordan Smith 25 to 1. Aaron Rye 25 to 1 as well. And then Matt Wallace at 40 to 1. And he also thinks that uh, Thriston Lawrence top 20 and top South African is the best bet of the week. So uh, very high on those. Uh, Brad, your picks for us in the Ned Bank Challenge. I've gone with Aaron Rye 25 to 1 and Rasmus Hoygaard at 28 to 1 with yourself. And then I've gone for Sean Crocker as my long shot at 100 to 1, five places, bet 365. Yeah, I think it's worth saying that we didn't plan the, the 25 to 1, 28 to 1 identical picks and the 100 to 1 uh, Scrivener versus Sean Crocker little format that we've got going there. But um, we've done it. See how it plays out. Here we go. Um, and then the um, final picks for me in Bermuda. Taylor Pendrith, 25 to 1, seven places, or 22 to 1, eight places, depending on how you want to play that. Uh, Justin Lauer, 50 to 1, eight places. I've gone with Matty Schmid at 66 to 1, six places, I think is huge. Uh, 60 to 1, eight places, actually, probably better. Um, and then Austin Smotherman is now 70 to 1, um, with the eight places as well. So those are my picks in Bermuda. Uh, Jason has gone with Akshay Batia at 20 to 1 and Lanto Griffin, who we discussed for a decent amount of time, 66 to 1, uh, eight places with William Hill. Uh, Brad, your final picks for us for Bermuda? Bermuda, I've gone with uh, Ben Griffin, Betway, seven places, 22 to 1. Um, then I've gone for Nick Hardy, 33 to 1, eight places with William Hill. And then as a long shot, I've gone for Nicholas Echevarria. And that is 110 to 1, five places. I think that's 8-8 sport might, is the best price. I think he's one of them. He's either going to win or miss the cup. <laughs> so, yeah, so he might as well take the, just the best price rather than the yeah. places. I think yeah. um, it's, it's an interesting one. Someone that's 110 to 1 this week is probably 400 to 1, 500 to 1 in a normal field, aren't they? Exactly so, that, yeah. Um, on that kind of note, Martin Trainer's 300 to 1, seven places. He's actually making cuts. Um yes. We know he can win, which is yeah, he's, level yeah. about Martin Trainer. Um, he's always an interesting one in these fields. Yeah, uh, sky, bet, sky bet rating a lot higher, uh, 175 to one. 
Yeah. yeah, 300's one could be interesting on on the Frenchman Martin Trainer as he thinks he is. Um, well, he is officially. Um, so I can't say he thinks he is. He, he's a French passport holder. Um, so yeah, absolutely right. That's it. You'll notice that uh, Jason wasn't here for the final part of summarising the picks. Uh, internet issues meant that he uh, he departed at the the very best time where I can give his picks um, for him. Uh, Brad. That's it for the Nedbank Challenge and the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. We've got mm-hmm. the DP World Tour Championship and the RSM Classic next week. So mm-hmm. two two good events. And then that's basically it, yeah. isn't it? For, it is, uh, yeah. 2023. So I'm sure we'll do something over the weeks that there's no real golf. I know we've got the Hero World Challenge, but... Um, yeah, I'm sure we will. There's some DP World Tour stuff on, isn't there? Where they're they're going they're going to Australia and South Africa again. Are they doing yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing that. Yeah, uh, Australian Open. I don't know the exact dates, but have a look. Yeah, I think they're doing that again. Um, last year they did it, didn't they? Do November, like end of November and then the start of December they kept doing. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, November thirtieth. So yeah, end of November Australian Open. That's yeah. Good. So actually, we've got. We have got golf until the rest of the seat, like the rest of the year, if we want to. Um, we might have a break. We'll we'll have a chat about that uh, between ourselves, and then let anyone know um, that cares at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, you've got plenty of Australia and South African golf up until the middle of December. So mm-hmm. um, we'll play it by ear, Brad. What, what we do yes. with those weeks, um, if we're available, and we've got some really big bets that we like, then we'll uh, we'll get some podcasts going. But yeah, I think for now we're we're kind of winding down to the final uh, events of the seasons and uh, and very much looking forward to a bit of a break. Yep, very much so. Thank you very much, Brad. I shall catch you again next week.